success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. We have an amazing guest for you. Christmas Hutchinson is a high energy executive coach, author of The Resilient Mind, a field guide to a healthier way of life and host of the Chrissy TV podcast. She is passionate about helping high achievers take control over their critical voice to overcome imposter syndrome, to confidently achieve a fulfilling career as a means to find balance in all areas of their lives. It was Christmas's uncanny ability to overcome adversity with grace during her battle with cancer while she was going through a divorce that has ignited her passion for serving and sharing her life experiences to inspire change and hope in others. She now teaches the strategies and tools she employed during this difficult time to help others have confidence in their life and career. Welcome Christmas. It is so great to have you here on the She's Invincible podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. And all the way from New York City, one of my favorite cities in the world. I'm a little jealous right now, but I am grateful to be sitting here with you. Um, and just, I love, love, love your book. And I just cannot wait to dive right in and share you and all your greatness with our listeners. So let's just jump in. Let's do this. Let's tell our listeners how you got where you are today and what makes you invincible. Well, I like to start with becoming an adult <laughs> and going into undergrad. I was an undergraduate. I was an accounting major. I really wanted to be an accountant because I was told that it was the most secure job. Companies were going to always need accountants. And after six years, I realized that I did not want to do that. <laughs> So I ended up going into um, go going into business school so that I could be in consulting. And this is kind of where I started to really understand what imposter syndrome was about, because um, I had an experience at a company. We'll just we'll talk about that later, where I had a boss who just was always on top of me and was really bullying me. And I just was afraid to speak up. So I felt like getting an MBA would be helpful to give me some confidence. And also I wanted to have career trajectory. So I wanted to get out of that environment, but I also wanted to go back into client service. So I got my MBA and went into consulting and was there for a while. 
And I started to encounter similar things where with imposter syndrome, not feeling like I can speak up. Also, I wasn't getting promoted. I wasn't really sure what was going on about that. With that, realizing now, later, years later, that, that there was some critical voice and some things going on in my mind. But while I was there, I also found out I had cancer, but I also was, my marriage was doing what it was doing. And once I got into cancer treatment, I was forced in a situation where I needed to pull back and look at my life. And as a result of that experience, I started to find out that I needed to make some changes that I could do some reflecting, but I also found out I was pretty resilient. And a few years later after, and all this was occurring, at least like the, the, the most recent part in terms of cancer was occurring when I was living in DC, I ended up moving to New York city and just starting over. And I ended up getting a coach. And one of my coach was like, Christmas, you have to step into your greatness. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not great. And at this point I had already written my book and he said, Christmas, people who aren't great don't write books. And so that's when I realized that I really needed to help other people and that my, my critical voice and my imposter was holding me back. And I had the opportunity <laughs> through being laid off from my job in the end of 2019 to start my own consulting and coaching business. And that is what I decided to do was take all those experiences, which some of them I left out because we only have limited time to talk today and, and help other people with their, their imposter, with their critical voice and to build that confidence that they need to be authentically themselves. I love that. So, oh my gosh, I love what your coach said that people who aren't great don't write books. Oh my gosh. What? That's like a mic drop right there. And what a blessing to have a coach who was, you know, willing to, to tell you that because you needed to hear that. And that was a, a pivotal defining right moment right. of your life where you started to look through a different lens. Oh my gosh. So you call it resilient. I call it invincible. Tell us about it. What makes you invincible? I think what makes me invincible is seeing opportunity and always, always, always seeing the silver lining in every setback. That is it. Because once, at least in my mind, once I see that, I know I can get past it. If I get into any situation and don't get me wrong, like this is kind of new. Like when I was younger, like college age, first first time out of first job out of college i was the victim <laughs> like i was this is happening to me this lady is doing this to me this person is doing this to me but i have learned this silver lining thing and that that's that's the that's the secret sauce which to me is really not that much of a secret just find the silver lining and just and start taking action 
Yeah. And that's not easy to do. Like I find that it's easier to look back and see the gift or the blessing. It's really difficult to do as you're going through it. Right. So, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about that, but I would love for you to talk about my favorite topic, which is imposter syndrome. And I, I, I find myself having conversations about this every single day. And you know, the funny thing is it's never with men. It's always with women. And, you know, I mean, I think that probably some men do go through that, but their, their egos a lot of times will prevent them from ever verbalizing it or sharing that vulnerable part. But for women, like we got to be here for each other. It really does take a village and we have to share these things and help each other. And so let's talk about imposter syndrome. You were going through a lot at the same time, right? You, you were were dealing with your job. That wasn't great. You were uh, diagnosed with cancer and being faced with a divorce. Uh, And, and, oh my gosh, like that would bring up all of the imposter syndrome in the world because you go through all those emotions as you deal with things. So let's talk about that with our listeners and share some of your tips and, and the things that you want to share with them about that. And then we'll, we'll talk more about how that related to you in those times and maybe how you dealt with that. Right. So when it comes to imposter syndrome, and and by the way, men do have it. I seem to, I coach, I coach men who have it. And those are the ones who are actually, I've created, either I've created a space for them to be honest with me, or they just built up the courage to tell me, <laughs> I don't know what it is. But as it relates to con- um, imposter syndrome, it's something that is, it just, it's just theirs, especially when the unknown happens, because our minds and brains are programmed to want to predict the future and have predict future outcomes and predict favorable future outcomes. And we don't, we don't necessarily, it's not a default to, to, to see, to, to like be, be accepting of something not going the way we want to, not to mention our critical voice and the, our unconscious is or subconscious or it's either way you want to call it is informing our conscious mind to keep us safe. And so when that critical voice comes on, it's like, well, I don't want to put myself on, on um, Instagram because somebody's going to say this, or they're going to say that my hair's out of place. And, and, and you start to just think of all these things that nobody cares about. (laughs) Like, like they're really not even thinking about, but you're thinking about it because At some point in your life, that was either a point of contention or you may have been embarrassed by it or whatever. But for me, the way I I get through it and the way I coach people to get through it is, number one, there's always going to be the unknown. And number two, it's like recognize that you are going to have some sort of fear. You're going to have some sort of fear of looking stupid. You are going to have a fear of saying the wrong thing. You're going to have a fear of making an investment in something and it not going that right, the right way. So there's always going to be a fear. And when you understand what it is you're really fearing, then that's when you can make decisions on, you can kind of push your imposter syndrome out, imposter out of the way, or at least wrangle the imposter (laughs) and get it under control. So 
in a situation with you being embarrassed about something, then you know that you have the fear of embarrassment. So what can you do to, 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 to wrangle that imposter? What you can, well, one thing you could do is reflect on like, what's the worst thing that can happen? What's, what's the best thing that can happen if I put myself out there? And that's, and so, so you have a balanced voice happening. The problem with the imposter, that voice is telling you all the negative things that are going to happen, which is going to keep you safe. So, so that's, those are a couple of things that I, that I do. Also just being reflective on, okay, I'm afraid of this. Or for instance, I have clients who are executives and they're getting ready to get promoted to like some head of some division or something like that. And they're like, I can't do this. I'm not, how do they, I don't know if I can do it. And what happens is, is that we are relying on our past experiences to dictate whether or not we can do something in the future. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but what we need to do in that situation to, to wrangle that imposter is to know that you have everything in you to figure it out because you have done this day in and day out, stepped into unknown situations and figured it out. You, it's nothing different going into the next job. The only way it's going to be different is if you need like a technical skill, skill that you don't have. But if it's leadership. And even if you don't have the technical skill, you have the wherewithal to figure it out. The only way that you're ever going to fail on the unknown is if you give up and that's it. Or if you get in a situation where someone sabotages you, but those situations are like far and few between. So that's just kind of my spiel on (laughs) imposter syndrome. Oh, yes. Oh, like when you say wrangle, I have this vision of wrestling an octopus <laughs> because it doesn't it feel like that. It's like it's out of control it, from every direction. Right. Like all these things. And it just is coming in. You're like when you say the word wrangle, I think, oh, I got to wrangle. I got to wrestle this thing. And that is what it feels like. So let's let's tell our listeners like I know I have had it in the past. Right. You have, I'm sure, had it. You work with people. I work with people. We talk about it every day. But maybe our listeners are suffering from this and they don't know it. They have not yet been diagnosed. Let's talk about a few of the signs uh, that that point to you could be suffering from imposter syndrome. So do you want to give maybe a couple of things? Yes. So here's a few signs. One is you are a perfectionist or a procrastinator. Uh, I remember when I used to never want to hand work in, I would take it and just be like, I got to make sure it's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. And the reason why that, the reason why you're, you're holding on to that work is because you don't want someone to find a mistake and then figure out that you're an idiot and that you, there's, that you're a fraud. Like you're not that, you're not confident in enough in your competence to know that this is going to be handed in and it's going to be fine. But the one thing that we're missing when we're doing that perfectionist thing is that we're 
expecting a perfect result and you're not perfect. It's okay to make a mistake. It's okay for somebody to say, oh, you forgot to, there's a typo right there. I've been in the reason why I kind of developed that perfectionism thing is because I worked in accounting and audit where our work papers were considered, they had to stand alone, which meant that if it was presented in the court of law, it needed to be stand standalone and not be questioned. So it was going through all these levels of review. And when I was going through those levels of review, my, the leadership wasn't saying that they were just making me feel like I was incompetent for not knowing. And I'm here to say that it's okay to make a mistake. And once you get your head around that, you won't be so much of a perfectionist and be procrastinating and holding on to your work. Another way that you know that you have it is that you are, you have zero boundaries at work. You are working 10, 12, 13 hours. You're saying yes to every project because you're trying to prove your worth to the people around you. And you try to prove your work worth by by doing, making them think that you're going to be able to do all the work and that you're a rock star. And what happens is that when you start to do that, you start to miss out on other things in your life. The, 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 there has to be balance. So if you're going to spend 15 hours a, a day at work, how much, how much time are you spending on your personal relationships? How are you spend? how much time are you spending on your health? Like there, there are all these things that you are putting yourself in danger of when you decide to look through validation through doing a lot of work. Um, another reason or, or another way you can see that you have it is that you, you think about turning down um, opportunities when people give them to you because you think that you don't, you're not able to do it. I've been there before and I've been given an opportunity and I was like, I was so scared to fail. And this is really, when I was really young in my career, I was so scared to fail. I was like, no thanks, I'm not gonna take it. Um, so turning down opportunities is another one. Debt could be another thing. Um, you're trying to create validation through spending a lot of money. So if you see that you have debt in your life, what, start to reflect on why you have debt. It could be that you're creating an image of yourself to look a certain way. I've been there before. <laughs> um, you know, I had the nice house, I had the marriage, I had the car. So I had to do all the things which caused me to go into debt to, to basically keep up that image, but those are a few things I could go on. <laughs> oh no, that's great. I just, yeah, I just want to be able to like a few good things. And those were the bet, the top ones, because that those are things that people will identify with and say, oh my gosh, like maybe I need to look at this a little bit deeper and see what's going on. Um, and I just, oh my gosh, they're all good. Uh, the one you said, turn down opportunities. So I kind of equate that with like self-sabotage, right? Like you're sabotaging, you know, the greater opportunities of stepping into that next higher level. Um, and I find that that's a big one too. And people are just self and they don't even realize that they right. do it, but it's what they're, it's with their words, right? They, they do that through their thinking, what, uh, the words they say, the thoughts they think, those kind of things are very self-sabotaging as well. And that, that also is part of that. So, oh my gosh, that's so powerful. <laughs> so, Let's do this. I mean, we're just going to go just a little deeper and say like, okay, if this, if you are now that we, we just 
kind of called out the, the elephant in the room, right? If you identify with any of these things, what would be a few steps, action steps that these listeners could do to like start to, to tackle this? So, um, the one, the number one thing I like to teach people is a, a lot of the reasons why you have imposter syndrome is because you do not know what you want in your life. And so you are chasing things um, and values and beliefs that that were given to you. And when you are not sure with what you want, you're going to start taking action and ascribing to things that are, that are not, not necessarily for you. So I always say, start with what do you want in your life? Do you want peace of mind? Do you want to spend time with your family? Do, do you want to have a nice job where it's not crazy? Because when you start to know exactly what you want, then you are going to start pushing away things you don't want. For example, it, when we talk about work overworking, working 15 hours, you can't say I want to be happy, joyous and free at the same time working 15 hours a day because you're you're moving further and further and further away from that. Because when you know that you want to be happy, joyous and free, you'll know how to put up boundaries. And I think that's what's missing when we're, you know, getting our college educations or when we're trying to transition into entrepreneurship, we're just doing it because we think that's the best thing to do, but we haven't really gotten to that. Why are we doing it and what do we want in our life? So that's one thing. Um, Another way to to wrangle this in is start to figure out what, what, what your worth is. One way that I, when I started to realize I had this thing or when I, where I would have these little panic modes of like, Oh my God, I think people are going to figure me out is I just started to create an exhaustive list. And I always tell everyone that I coach, create an exhaustive list of your accomplishments because you need to see them. You have to see your accomplishments because when that critical voice steps in, that octopus, that imposter octopus steps in, you have to have something to snap to and look at to say, oh no, I am that girl. I am that guy. Like I have done it. Here are my accolades. But when you don't have that written down, it's really hard to convince yourself that you are you, that you are great, that you have, that you put value into this world and you have been putting value into this world. So that's another practical tool that I use. And then I also help with, um, my, um, clients. Another thing is to start to implement affirmative language in your life. Uh, We're going to talk about this later, but in my book, I talk about negative self-talk. And when you say negative things to yourself, you're informing your unconscious mind and your unconscious mind is going to remind you when you get into a situation where you're your confidence is in question, you know? So having affirmative language, either you can 
say affirmations, which some people think is weird, but I do it. I don't care. Um, you can say, you can either say affirmations or you can just not speak negatively of yourself to yourself. Um, what are a few other things that there's so many things I know there are <laughs> there are so many things yeah I mean I think those are great we could stop right there because okay. we have so much more we want to talk about right oh those are so powerful and I just love what you said about that list right the list of your accolades I had a conversation today and um and I was talking to a woman who is very very successful and I said do you ever just want to pinch yourself and be like, is this really real? Did I really do this? And it was like, she had this realization of that. She's always chasing the next thing that she's not really stopping to celebrate, you know, adequately enough. Um, and she's jumping what's next, what's next, what's next. So we had a great conversation around that is that we, we really do need to celebrate and acknowledge those wins and those accolades because we're not giving ourselves enough credit. And then we go to do something even bigger and then we get afraid. But if we're constantly in reminding of the things we've done, oh my gosh, we, we can convince ourselves that we can do anything, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is a mind game, you know, in coaching, like I know you probably say this too, like, you know, the success is the six inches between your ears, right? That's where that sits. <laughs> right. Yes. It's like, it's all in your head. Like maybe right. 2% might be in the other stuff, but you know, if you don't believe it and you don't convince yourself first, who else is going to believe it? Right. Mm -hmm, and I absolutely. just, oh, those are just powerful things. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. So I can't wait. Uh, next thing we're going to talk about your book. I love your book, The Resilient Mind. I, I think I might've told you this when I read a book, I'll earmark, you know, at the bottom of the pages, things that I want to go back to. And when I finished your book, every other page was earmarked. I was like, what? I don't think that's ever happened to me, but I was so connected to your wisdom, you, you know, your stories and experiences and how you turn them around and all of that. So let's talk a little bit about that. And, mm -hmm. you know, the resilient mind, I think that says it all. So mm -hmm. let's tell our listeners, like, why do they need to read this book? What is, what is it going to do for them? How is it going to help them? Um, you know, what, if, what gift are you giving the world in, in this writing? Because it is amazing. So I wrote this book because I felt that there needed to be some kind of short manual, some short guide to just give people these quick hit tips to just, just, just to have a better mindset. And, and this was a book that I wished I had when I was in my twenties, when I was, you know, when you really are in your life trying to discover yourself, <laughs> I really, really needed, I really needed that book. And so what people will get when they read this book is they'll get the real raw Chrissy. They will get their girlfriend, Chrissy, basically keeping it real with them and just telling them what to do with their mindset as it relates to their physical body, finances, the people you have around you. And 
And it's, and I, I created this book and I wrote this book in a fashion where you didn't have to just sit down and read it in one read. Like you can just go to whatever chapter you want and, and just say, oh, what does Chrissy say about this? And just read it and like read the chapter in five minutes. Like it's so short and it's just meant to just be bent back, beat up, whatever. But you're just going to get those quick hits and reminders that you need to just to keep just to get your mindset back on track without having to read you know a, a, a whole entire 30 page chapter in somebody's book on your whole past and how, why your mindset is the way it is and the hundred different things that you can do they're just real quick hits and I use myself and how I learned these these tools and why I think they work as an example when I wrote this book so that people can see that it's just not something that I'm making up Yes. And I love that because you have had a journey, right? Of even just what we've shared so far, that's been a journey. And um, I just love that it comes from your heart and it is like your friend. It's definitely like your friend Christmas. It's like the big sister or the BFF who's like gone ahead of you and come back to tell you like, it's okay. It's going to be okay. You're going to feel like this, but you just got to go this way, do this thing, think this way. And What a gift to the world. I love it. I absolutely love it. And, you know, timing, uh, you know, with all that we've been through last year and just all the things like it's just, you know, to be talking about it right now is just amazing because a lot of people are going through a lot of things and they need to really, really toughen up that resilient muscle. And I think that book will help. Right. So thank you. And now we have to talk about your podcast, the Chrissy TV. So let's talk about that. So yes, the Chrissy TV podcast, I would, I want to say it's an extension of my book, The Resilient Mind, A Field Guide to a Healthier Way of Life. It is, it is just your girlfriend, Chrissy, still giving you those good nuggets and keeping it real with you. Um, I, I recorded in little 15 minute segments and it's just something where you get a quick hit um, in different areas. Like the most recent one I talk about pe- why people, why your life hasn't changed. And it's really because you're complaining and not wanting to do anything about it. But <laughs> it's, it's that podcast where you go there to find out so to get some self introspection, to get some self reflection and just get put in check as it relates to your mindset and, and then get some inspiration at the end on what you can do to build your mindset. Like it's all about building your mindset and just helping you get that courage to be confidently, unapologetically you. I love it. So in other words, put your big girl panties on and then tune in to the Chrissy TV podcast. Yes. You're about to get handed to, huh? Yes. I love it. Now yes. I love it though. I love it. We don't leave anybody behind, do we? Yeah. No, we say it like it is authenticity. We need more of that every day. And I love that you're doing that and sharing that with the world. Well, this has been so great. And it's been so great to have you on the She's Invincible podcast. And so let's tell our listeners where they can find you. 
So you can find me at chrissytv.com. That's where my book is. That's where you can find my podcast episodes. And you can also find me on Instagram um, at realchrissytv. And you can find me on LinkedIn if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn. Awesome. So we'll have everything in the show notes. So if you're listening right now, just click the show notes and you can click the link and go right to find Christmas uh, at Chrissy TV and uh, get in touch with her or order her book, listen to the podcast, anything that you want to do. And now a word from our sponsor, Christine Trumbull, founder of Coaching the Climb, understands the challenges of building a successful business. She's faced many of those challenges herself and helped hundreds of clients build successful businesses. With the launch of her new podcast, The Climb with Christine, you will hear the same advice she gives her clients, as well as conversations with experts in a variety of topics, including business, health, relaxation, mindset, kids, and fashion. Check it out on iTunes, The Climb with Christine, and be sure to subscribe, download, and give her a rating and review. This has been so great. And you know, on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners that we are going to bring them fierce female entrepreneurs and that we are going to share their expert zone of genius. And we're going to give tips and things that they can do right now that can make a positive impact in their life or their business. And you just did that. And I am so grateful for that. And of course, my favorite topic being imposter syndrome. But we also promise them that we are going to pull back the curtain. We are going to let them in behind the scenes and we are going to share the journey because, you know, women are constantly comparing themselves and I have not yet figured out how to get them to stop doing that. So I decided I'll just fight fire with fire. I'm going to bring them fierce female entrepreneurs. I'm going to let them see how successful they are. And then I'm going to show them a little bit about that journey. See, people listen to you and they learn from you and they look at you and think I could never be like her. And the truth is they have no idea what you went through to be like her and right. And right. so we, we want to show them that and say, do you still want to be like her? Are you willing, are you willing to do what she did to overcome what she overcame to face the greatest obstacles that she had to face and do all of that. So she could be like who she is today. Right. So here we go. Are you ready for this? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So we are going to start with the good. We want to hear a story from you. Just one story about the good or the great part of your journey. Um, I think the great, there's such, there's so many great parties, parts of my journey. I would say the great part of my journey, um, even though it was a difficult one, was getting through the cancer treatment. Um, my, my family lives in California and I was living in D.C. at the time, as I mentioned earlier, and I was pretty much doing it myself on my own. But I also was the president of my alumni a sorority chapter at the time. And they were a great network of women who let me stay president because I had a two year term. And they let me stay president and still keep 
my my role and that was what kept me going it gave me purpose and i think the good was you know having women around me who were like we see you we hear you we're going to support you and we're going to let you continue to lead us even though you're having a health problem because apparently your health is not impacting your mind and your health is not impacting your leadership capabilities. And we want to give you that. So I think that's, that was a good, great part of the journey and, and getting through cancer and the divorce. Cause they were like kind of two different things. One was my health. One was my emotions. Yeah. Simultaneously too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that you do have to be resilient to, to go through that, to just face that and come out on the other side. Mm -hmm. And I just need to say that I am so happy that you are healed and you are healthy and you are here impacting the world with the stories of Mm -hmm. your resilience. Mm -hmm. And to Mm -hmm. me that there's no greater gift is just not, you know, not to keep be selfish or keep that to yourself, but to be able to share that with other people and help Mm -hmm. them along the way. So Mm -hmm. thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I love sharing it. (laughs) I know. And it's so warm and fuzzy. And now we have to take a turn. So we are going to now talk about the bad. So I know you have a story about, I mean, I, you listen, the more successful you are, the more stories of the bad that you have, you know, have to tell. So share with us one story about a bad part of your journey, something maybe bad you had to deal with or so I think something bad that I had to deal with most, I would say most recently, um, was when I was on a team, um, at, at my last company before I, uh, was laid off and came to freedom. <laughs> um, it was a tough year. We had some changes in leadership. I switched teams and was moved to the corporate strategy team. And it was a rough year for me because I had one new boss and then another person came in, but right around like within the week's time that my new boss came in, my sister had passed away suddenly. And I ended up going to California. I had plans to go to California, had gone to California to go deal with that whole situation. And when I came back, um, my boss had kind of turned on me. And she had turned the entire team on me. And when I say turned on me, uh, like communication just pretty much stopped. Uh, There were times where I would set meetings up with her and she would cancel them like right before the meeting would happen. I just was completely just boxed out and isolated. And it was a bad and uncomfortable experience because Work is very important to me and especially someone who is a high achiever and who has that critical voice turned on. I I didn't know what was happening. I I went into work in this anxious way and was just always wondering what was going to happen. Was I going to get fired? Was I going to get written up? Was like, what was going on? And there was like all these changes. And then when we would have a, team meeting. It was like, well, how come some things are secret? And it was just a really bad experience, especially with the fact that I was dealing with my sister, my older sister, you know, somebody I've known my whole life, um, you know, just dying unexpectedly. And 
and still me trying to like keep on that face of normalcy. And then, at you know, a few months later, the whole situation ended up with me being let go from the company. But the good part of that is always a silver lining is that because at my level, I got a really nice severance. So I was able to, to do this, start my consulting coaching business and be able to help people who have similar experiences in the corporate environment. I love that. Those are necessary endings, right? It's like, and you just, you don't, it feels bad as you're going through it, right? You feel like, why is this happening to me? And then, as you said, like that was a gift and it really happened for you. It happened for you to release you of those responsibilities so that you could go on and be on your own and help other people. And now, I mean, wouldn't you agree you have a platform to help so many more people than you ever could have helped in your other job, right? Yes. Yes. So that is, yeah, that's amazing. You know, if only we could see that while we're going through it, right? That never happens. It's no. always devastating. Forget the experience and remember the lesson, right? Exactly. In that. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. And I, it sounds like you did that. Yes. So, and of course the gift, right? You're free. Freedom. Yes. There's a song about that. Yes. Okay. So now we're going even deeper. So um, we want to share a story about the ugly, you know, people are facing ugly every day. Uh, all the time, but especially, you know, and now in this, these times, and, um, I hate to put so much focus on the pandemic, but it's real, it's happening. It's changing people's business and lives and, you know, all of that. So, um, I feel like by you sharing these things, it's not that we want to focus on them, but we want to give hope to people that are feeling hopeless right now to, to let them know that it's okay. You're going to, it's going to be hard. It's not easy. Right. Mm -hmm. But you can do it and you are resilient too. Mm -hmm. So let's share with them one of your stories that you would call just ugly. Yeah. I think the ugliest experience I've ever had and it's work related, all my weird experiences are work related. And, and it's always from some lady that I worked with. It's so weird. We got to come to, we got to be, we got to do better women. Um, I was working for somebody and she was an all out bully. Like she made it her life's work to make my life. And what was, hard and ugly about this situation is that I used to have a one-on-one meeting with her every Monday morning. And in that Monday morning meeting, she took the opportunity to tell me about how bad I was, how I made this mistake, how I made that mistake. I was in such a terrible situation. When you talk about perfectionism and not wanting to hand over your work, whenever I would have an assignment, I would take, it would be something that I would do. It could, I could take five minutes for me to do, but it took me five hours to give it to her because I was, I was afraid she was going to find a mistake because she wasn't kind when she was pointing out my mistakes. And this was going on for months and months and months. And one day, and, and on top of that, I used to go on, on Sunday night, my stomach used to just turn into knots because I'm like, I have to go in and get this beating on Monday. And there was one particular day that was really bad. We went to meet and this time we met in the the main cafeteria of the company and she gave me her normal beating. And then I said, is there anything positive that you can say about me? And she says, 
this is my boss, somebody I collect my check from, or at least from the company. She's like, there's nothing, there's no, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing good. I can say about you. There is nothing good about you to say you don't do anything right. And, and then she said, but except for the fact that you are, you maintain a positive disposition, like she kind of like <laughs> twisted it up because I was taking these beatings and I think she, her, her goal was for me to cry. And I always just was like, okay. Like I didn't, you know, I always just smiled and that's just who I am. I'm always silver lining lady. And, and then after that, like I, it took, I was holding back the tears and I was just like, okay. And then I had to walk back to my desk with this woman who just disrespected me like that. And then at the time, my ex-husband was not, he was not supportive of it in his mind. He just was like, why can't you just go to work? And people will like, people may be listening or saying, well, why didn't you quit? Well, it was right in the, the financial crisis in 2009. And I was working for a hospitality company and nobody was staying in hotels at that time. I couldn't just people, the people were still going through massive layoffs and the housing crisis was happening. It was not a situation where I should just quit. And as I mentioned earlier, I was living outside my means. So I didn't have extra money stacked up to just quit. So that was the ugly, but there's always a silver lining. (laughs) The silver lining is that she ended up quitting because I was so strong and I was able to take her crap. Um, she thought that that was going to make me leave. And then she ended up leaving. (laughs) And then it was happily ever after, right? (laughs) I I came to another obstacle and I ended up going somewhere else. (laughs) Yes, And that's okay. That was your journey. Right. And it was filled with obstacles, but look at you now. Yes. Look at you now. And that that's all that matters. Right. It it matters that you just keep getting back up every time. Absolutely. Getting back up. Right. You're resilient. You get knocked down and you get back up. Mm -hmm. Oh, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for sharing all of this for our listeners to give them a little hope that they can get back up to no matter what is going on. And I did notice uh, earlier about a little star on your wrist. Can you share about that? Is that a tattoo? Yes, it's a tattoo. And I got it like on a whim. I had some friends up here in New York. Um, They came up from D.C. to come go to a music festival. And there was a tattoo place across the street. And my friend was like, Christmas, you've been talking about getting this tattoo for a while. And I, because I'm a cancer survivor, I thought I was going to get some like boxing gloves and like a little cancer um, ribbon. And um, I was like, I'm going to get a star. And my friend was like, why a star? And I'm like, because everybody is always saying you shine bright. And I never really saw, like, I don't see myself shining. I I don't see that. They were like, you're just always shining so bright. Your smile lights up the room. And so I decided to get the star and it was like the easiest thing to get (laughs) that wouldn't cause me the most pain. Um, And I decided to get the star as my reminder to shine bright and just not hold myself back. 
That is so beautiful. Everybody needs a star. So if you don't have the courage to get a tattoo, get a magic marker and put a star on your wrist. Hold it up so they can see. Yeah. So put a star on your wrist so you can remind yourself to we'll be in the Christmas club, right? We'll all get stars on our wrist. Yes. Yes. Because we are all resilient and amazing and overcomers and we are invincible. Thank you so, so much. You guys, this is Christmas Hutchinson all the way from New York City, the author of The Resilient Mind, an absolute rock star and invincible. And before we say goodbye, Christmas, I just want to have you finish this sentence for me. The world would be a better place if more people knew blank. If more people knew their greatness that lives within them and not to compare themselves to others. Oh, that's amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. And to our listeners, I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you're face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl. Get back up. You can do it. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.